0: welcome to this week's episode of hashtag leadership what's on your mind remember if you haven't already make sure you hit subscribe on the youtube channel or hit follow on your podcast provider remember our aim here today is to add value to your leadership journey by having amazing guests with amazing stories and experts in their field so today we are speaking to nick how you doing nick you okay
1: I'm fine, Stuart. Hope you're well. Yeah, good. So I
0: can't wait to sort of um, have this conversation. Let me just say that um, Nick runs with his son, my my son's football team. So that's how we met initially. So we might get on to sport. I'm not too so sure. But um, Nick's got a really good role that fits into this category of leadership, his experience, his story, etc. So Nick, for the people who don't know who you are, tell us who you are, what you do. And I'm going to hit the 20 minute timer. Let's go.
1: Okay, cheers. Um my uh, title, long-winded one, is Director of People and Organisational Development. Um, to most people in, in the real world, Head of HR and Training for, to some degree, but um, I work for Merseyside Fire and Rescue Service, um, have done for a number of years now, and, and, and developed the scope and direction of the fire service on Mersey side in relation to its people functionality. So a, a lot of the work that I've done has, has been to, to review and look um, and make changes in, in in relation to how we operate and how our people work, communicate, and link in with management, working with the engagement side of things. Um, obviously, I do uh, the industrial relations lots of the terms and conditions, the contracts are looking at how people work and developing contracts of employment. So it's quite a broad broad range, which which is good. It kept me interested. I mean, I think a lot of people always have these ideas of, oh, I'm just going to do a couple of years here, I'm going to move on and whatever else. Well, I'm well past myself by date of moving (laughs) on, but um, I have to say that there's always been an opportunity to develop, and I do love working within the fire service. It's something that fundamentally affects day-to-day life of everybody so it, its challenges are diverse and yeah it, 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 it it's offered numerous opportunities for me to learn as well as hopefully my teams and the people around me
0: yeah so i already know the audience will know why i've got you on and i'm just having a little internal laugh because the amount of yeah. times we've been having conversations pitch side and then go. Yeah. Actually, we should like let you go and have do some coaching, or go and manage <laughs> the team, etc. So yeah. let's just cover the first couple of questions. So obviously, what oh. hashtag leadership? What's on your mind? Yeah, what comes to your mind when you hear the word leadership?
1: I think for me, um, it, it, it's it's. People talk around leadership and, and I'm always taught to probably taking one step back to try and not overly categorise leadership, if that makes sense. For me, over the numerous work I've done, you know, prior to the fire service, I headed up social services as numerous. And for me, your, your leadership style and, and that sort of approach, it has to be fluid for me. And I think you're always looking at sort of what's most appropriate, what will work what do you need to change? Because I think also sometimes people can make the mistake of, well, this is how we operate and and try to reinvent to protect the rigidity of what people have already had. And whilst for some that will always work, I think for me, leadership styles, and I try and impress this with our managers as they come through the, 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 the various ranks within the fire service, is something that you've got to constantly review and see what works best for people. So I think for me, I think you know leadership is wholly appropriate two ways, pretty much with the engagement of individuals. For for us in the service, we've just done a little bit of work on on revising our whole set of values and leadership message, which we'll probably touch on a little bit later and the reasons why. But I think it's having that ability to keep looking to change because certainly for us as a fire service, people may view us as as, as sort of regimental at times and at times certainly Stuart, you know operationally wise there is a need for a regimented leadership when you're at an incident where it, it, it is all around the health safety and effectiveness of that operation but at the same time the rest of your leadership has to be to bring people through and to help them develop but to help them around develop the people around them so for me Slightly long-winded answer, but it's a fluid approach, leadership. It's not something that I would ever say to people, that's the way you do it. It's always think about how you do it, think about these as options, and then you will probably find something that best suits you for a period of time.
0: Yeah, awesome. Um, Yeah, It just reminds me to say that we talk a lot about um, situational. It, it's what's mm. required at the time there's no one yeah. size fits all and Absolutely. so staying with you specifically um, and yeah. we always ask guests to reflect back and mm. think where, where did your leadership journey start so whether it was on reflection um or there was a light bulb moment at the time how far back are we going where, where did your leadership journey start
1: oh it, it, it probably started yeah many many years ago um it's sort of my first light bulb moment was was when i realized that i just couldn't work in finance anymore because that's where my career started was it was in a finance department uh, looking after the budgets for in a local authority and when you'd spent three or four hours trying to find a thousand pound discrepancy and a half million pound set of funding you just know your life's got to go in a different direction so that was sort of an initial <laughs> light bulb moment for me but then that moved me into the people side of things which i often thought well okay I hope I could be, I think I could be all right in that. That stepped me into um the social services department that I was working in. Um the two managers above me left in very quick succession. Um so it, it needed, I'm gonna say it wasn't technically me, but I was probably the only person <laughs> left. But it was a it was a step into a role that that challenged me immensely, but that instantly meant bringing the people through they you know, without being unfair the movement had been caused by a lot of disparating um relationships and, and a lack of um people sort of wanting to take the organization in the direction it should go so that was the early outset of it i think but it's pretty much similar to what i said to you at the beginning i don't think you there's ever a defining moment but there's a number of uh, triggers and constant learning sorts of processes when it came to the fire service. Um, I worked with, um, uh, at the outset it was it was strange because I I, I had with the public service background I knew where I, I felt the fire service wanted to go but I had to measure that against the expectation of of, of the the officer's role which was purely delivery on the ground and I, I, I worked with a guy who was at the time assistant chief officer but he had the head of HR as responsibility so I worked directly to him and and he basically opened up a number of doors in relation to working with the trade unions and, and working with an, a number of the, the station managers to change the way that we interacted with our people. Um, and that was probably where my real leadership journey went, because he he, he trusted me with something that had previously done by a uniformed approach, if that makes sense. And, and it was more of a, a directional, this is how you do it. Not wishing to be rude, but I think everyone will accept the culture in the fire service. It has with the police, with a lot of uniformed environments. I think it's changed from a a pointing and shouting environment to more one of a learning, courage, bring and, and, and build people's particular journeys. And he trusted me with that. And that was about 10 years ago. And in some ways, that's probably why I'm still here at the fire service, because that role has grown and grown. Um, I now work independently directly to the chief officer, which is great. So, And I have a really, really good team of people who are really bought into uh, engaging at the highest level of the fire service and making a difference to the people in here. So that was probably where it was, is, is that that point of trust, two levels. One, can you step in and, and pick that up? That's your basic learning. And then, they well, okay, as you move into the next role, here i go i would see what you can do with that but it probably shows sometimes to it as we said that that, that it's never a, it's, it's a never-ending curve of, of development really
0: yeah i love that and again you've touched on a couple of things there that we've talked about on the podcast a few times about um leadership has changed and evolved over time and mm. um, going yeah. back to all the way back to the industrial revolution of, a factory yeah. do do your number and again obviously my military background totally get the, the facts yeah. of it and there is a time for that type of leadership which you alluded to like safety critical environments which your yeah. guys are, are working in and um, so we had a little chat about um i was really intrigued to get your sort of to share with the audience what happens because we see the fire service we see the red it's to keep it simplistic we see mm. the fire engines flying past we see them responding but we actually had a conversation recently recently about you're actually nurturing high-performing teams because they're the small groups of people that need to work in a certain environment yes you'll probably mention the percentage of times that it's mm. that highly critical mm. um but could you just share with the audience kind of what does it look like in your world regards to the the leadership the teamwork the development the, the what their job roles are and how it can be quite flexible and different at certain yeah. times as well
1: Uh, Absolutely. I mean, obviously, at at the the point of entry for individuals, it's equipping them with those fire service skills. But at the point of entry, a lot of people will come into the recruitment mechanism, which has six stages, as you can imagine, so that we're not just looking for the physicality of the individual, you're looking for them instantly as, as how they interact and how they will engage, how they show sort of the empathy and the compassion, which is what we want. And has been identified by our staff as the key elements to, to build this organisation moving forward. So they will get that level of training. But we, we are very clear to people to say, if you're lucky, if, you, if you're thinking it's coming in and Saving lives every day. It, it's not that anymore because the press primary focus for the last eight to 10 years has been to go into the communities to work on safety to go into people's homes we've done immense amount of work with outreach with different community groups so that we can get into some of the homes because different cultures disallow people walking into homes without permission so the ability to get smoke alarms into everybody's home which has been the primary focus of the fire service for 10 years so it's prevention rather than react excuse me reaction has been challenging in itself so with that comes you might do five percent of going to incidents and, and dealing with fires but the majority of your time then is that interaction. It's interaction by going into people's homes, giving them safety plans, working with them, working with the elderly, sometimes just the knock on the door to go and sort of offer the smoke alarm, brings around a conversation with somebody who might not have had a conversation for two weeks, three weeks. So there's, there's that ability to have that compassion, to have those conversations. Our firefighters go into schools, so we work on obesity, we work on health and fitness, um, do sessions in the schools. um, We 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 sponsor an awful lot of prevention work in the evenings as well. So a lot of our staff are really really committed to going around, particularly around bonfire nights, uh, as. I'm sure your listeners will be aware, sort of um, and it's it's strange. Different different parts of, of of Merseyside have this mischief night element that comes before bonfire night where you know gates are still stolen and thrown on bonfires and whatever else. It's 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 still quite sort of prevalent in some areas and in some areas it's not so there's two levels that the fire service assists the police with around the misbehaviour prior to bonfire night and then obviously the the the, the issues that do come over bonfire night and 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 sadly again with that brings our our staff different challenges um it, it always one of the things that really disappoints me is that our staff are they 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 are having to put out the, the these small bonfires that people will see that suddenly appear in in a field behind the houses or on pieces of wasteland. We 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 spend a week with vans removing most of them because they can run out of control and cause issues. On the nights we tend to go around and just you know as, as reasonably as possible put those out because they do have a high risk, but. Our staff last year, three appliances were bricked by young people. One of our staff got hit in the head. Thankfully, had a helmet on. The, the, the challenges in the community are still strange, but our, our interaction there is, is on so many differing levels now that the, the fire service affects people far far more than just being that insurance policy that if your house goes on fire, we'll we'll we'll, we'll come and put it out for you. And and for that, our whole remit of our employees and the skill bases and their expectations of a career in fire service have changed fundamentally, which again brings us back to where we started, which is so our leadership approaches and our styles and that of our managers of differing levels will all be different because they all have a a particular purpose to build that organisational outcome, which is uh, a completely safe Merseyside community.
0: Yeah, so I always say that the the military that I grew up in and, and learned my craft and use the outward bounds as their medium to develop people and mm. teams. Mm. For, for you as a fire service, to to yes, let's stay in the sort of the the five percent of like mm. having that team that are able to perform at a high level mm. to um, prevent a quite severe incident. Yeah, yeah. How do you upskill within the service? How do you give the people? Is is it Obviously, you're nurturing from the recruitment phase, but how do you keep um, people at that level? If it's such a small percentage, how do you keep them ready and able to to switch quite quickly from the percentage of the time that they're working to actually we need to step into that high performance
1: piece? I mean, obviously, on, on on station there is there's regular training. Um, certainly, just the basic fitness level. Um, there is an hours training, just gym time built in in everybody's work routine. So that there's the basic level training from every day for our firefighters to keep the generic fitness up. The training on the station is is, is regular. We have and physical instructors that go around and assess the aerobic capacity of our staff. So that we were regularly aware that, that they are always in that position that should something drastic hit Merseyside, and we need to get 16 pumps to a, a large building or an explosion or whatever. They are all at that level. So you've got your basic element of fitness that that, 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 that is validated. You then be above and beyond that there's development with any kind of new equipment. So there's training that comes around that particular area. So that that works on that particular basis. But then the fundamental piece is that developing those individuals to, to be able to manage those situations. So again, the, the absolute emergency situation is very clear. There are a number of procedures that, that, that wholly adhere to the health and safety of individuals, when to go into buildings, when not, when to respond, you know, taking in weather conditions as to how that affects fires. They're all very, very clear and comes back to what we talked at the outset, which is around a meticulous leadership of, no, this is the way we do that. Mm-hmm. However, and this is the however, whilst we, you don't really encourage a debate It's down to the management of the station manager or the area manager. If it becomes a bigger issue of who's in charge of the incident, we debrief afterwards. So it gives our employees the opportunity to go, well, why did we do it that way? Maybe we should have thought of it that way. And and that, I think, is really healthy. It gives people the opportunity to, to, to review exactly and continue to learn. So that then does it. But then your leadership of the individuals, we have what's called a gateway system so that all our promotions are done through that particular way so when you feel you are ready to go and move into the next level so you're working up from firefighter crew manager into watch manager into station manager and above into senior management positions we have a, a gateway process so it allows people to say through their appraisal yeah i think i'm ready i think i can go to the next step within that then they will get a little development process which may be some kind of uh, early entry management course online development, um, experiential development. We have an awful lot because we have a, a quite a moving, um, fluid uh, level of employment because as people that listen may be aware, once you've done 30 years in the fire service, you can leave if you choose because your pension is, is at its peak and a lot of people do tend to do the 30 years and move. Some people will move on elsewhere. Um, we've, we've got a challenge at the moment around you know just how much is, is the right road amount of money for firefighters. We are losing firefighters to British Rail at the moment because British Rail pay more to drive a train than the government choose to pay firefighters at this minute in time. So there is a lot of sort of people leave the organization. So it creates temporary positions. We put people into the temporary position. So people can have a run out, for want of a better phrase, and then we can appraise how they have the run out. We can help them with development beyond that. So that is an ever increasing process which obviously the higher you put yourself in for, so if you're going for an area manager, what we'd use is, is a Chartered Management Institute qualifications. So we, our, our training centre that we run, they have a, a, a centre accreditation so we can deliver and assess our own courses. So we can put those on quite regularly. We share some with the police sometimes. Um, but what it does is we begin to give our managers that management development that they need alongside um a, a sort of an experiential temporary run out. So we we we're constantly looking to upskill people, Stuart, I think so that the yeah. people can have the opportunities to develop, but it very much also puts a little bit of onus on the individuals to go, well, look, you know, it the, again, and, and you'll be aware of it from, from your forces background and I'm not being critical of, of, of anybody in particular, but there was always a culture of, well, I've done me five years here, it's my time. And it's like, well, not necessarily. Because, you know, you you're you may have well done what you've done, but have you done this? What have you done in your community? So what initiatives have you set up? Who have you mentored? Because we very much attach um, a coach or a mentor to every one of our promotees. So once people's promoted, they also either get a coach or a mentor developed on what they needed. So we're constantly ticking over on top of that as well. So... Yeah, there is a, a large process that, that that people will feel supported in their development, and that sets their journey off, and, and hopefully their leadership journey.
0: Yeah, amazing. So, just quickly, the two things mm. we've only got like a minute left, but I think we can squeeze this in. So, okay. what size are we talking about in regards to people within the organisation that you are in Merseyside? I've just thought then, what well, what are we looking at scale wise?
1: Scale wise, you, you, you're looking at um 642 operational staff. So that's from um, the chief officer down to firefighters. Um, Merseyside is 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 fortunately growing a little bit again. The the, the 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 governmental cuts of about four or five years ago reduced us from 28 down to 23 fire appliances. We've looked at different contracts of employment using a mix of um, full-time employment and retained so that we, we've now got more appliances back so we're back up to 29 and we're looking to get to 30 so the numbers are probably growing in Merseyside more than they are across the country at the moment yeah. and that's down to the, the staff work in those flexible contracts which has meant that there's more availability you know yeah. we all hope we'll never need that big situation where you know yeah. a, a plane falls out the sky speak airport or whatever else but you've always got to be equipped for it and and be able to back it up because if it happens it will drain your whole resources yeah so awesome
0: like one last thing i put you on the spot here so our audience wanting to level up their leadership journey if you were to pass forward one bit of advice to sort of level up your leadership journey what would it be
1: i i think always be aware and, and 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 listen to what somebody has to say you mightn't agree with it but that's fine. You listen and you disregard, or you might find something there and something that you can use. And I think also the other thing, Stuart, is, is for me is is never really expect to find an, a, a, a total solution in your conversations. And 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 again, I'm sure your audience do a little bit. People go to conferences, I think, sometimes hoping they're going to come home with a, a whole armful of things that they can lay out in their organization. Whereas my perception is if I get two or three potential ideas to follow up, I can. So I think it's always be managing expect, know, know what your own skills are as a leader, um, know, know what you do best, and then complement those skills with some real little nuggets of ideas that you pick up rather than trying to find a total solution. I don't think anyone's ever really gonna give you a total solution, but I think what you will get off people is something that goes, I can use that. That might help. And who knows, you plant that seed and it may well come into a a larger solution. So I think it's just be realistic um, and, and, and and be aware of yourself, really be aware of that leadership style. Don't be afraid to change. But if you do change, change for the right reason, not the wrong reason
0: amazing what a great way to finish this this episode (laughs) we're definitely going to be clipping that to promote this episode I I love that so thank you so much Nick for your time Um, guys if you enjoyed that make sure like I said at the start make sure you um, let us know what you got from that if we get something different from a different perspective in every episode so let us know and pass it forward Um, if you are watching us on the podcast um, on the YouTube channel make sure you hit subscribe and follow every Wednesday at 6am another amazing guest comes out and if you're listening to us on your podcast provider and um, i think there's about nine different ones out there now so um make sure you follow and like say send us a review from each of the episodes so nick thank you so much for your time this morning You're more than
1: welcome Stuart. lovely to speak to you
0: and i look forward to seeing or um speaking to you all next week take care bye